And I did in fact spray myself in the face with gasoline one time. What? Yeah, it happened. I remember just being on the front page of YouTube a lot when that was a thing. I want someone that is really hardball because my goal is just to make a ton of money. You know, that's some people, that's their goal. Everyone, this is Aaron Ashley Simon. Welcome to Real Gems. Today's guest is an influential musician and gamer, as well as the lead vocalist for the group Against the Current. Today, we're going to be talking about her music journey and how she's been able to tap into other areas to elevate her passion in the music space, as well as the creativity that goes behind her music. Please welcome the one and only Chrissy Costanza. Chrissy, it's good to have you. Hello. I think this is the first time we've ever like had an official like combo slash interview ever. I think so too. Also, I don't think I've ever sat in an armchair like this for an interview. <laughs> so I feel very like, I feel like I should have a cup of coffee and be like, good morning. Welcome to whatever, like Aaron's morning talk show. <laughs> Welcome. It's chill. It's vibe. I want to have like a very like homey feel, like They're very like, chill. They're also I know. Isn't it fun? I know. It's, it's distracting. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, Chrissy, everyone knows you are a musician. You have a band. Also, by the way, before we get to this first question, I saw you perform for the first time. You're like a whole yeah! different person. Okay, I have gotten that a lot more recently. I guess with the pandemic, like, I made a lot more friends without music first as mm. meeting them. So even my own partner was we started dating during the pandemic and a year into it finally saw me live for the first time and was like well there's a whole second one of you and i was like i guess so so yeah that's there's there's chrissy and there's christina chrissy's really cool christina just sits at home and eats an entire pint of ben and jerry's in one sitting so that's you know two extremes balance balance you know but it, i feel like i don't know i feel like this video like they're both like one like there, Thanks. like there is, there is no two. It's just Chrissy. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, I also met you in in New Jersey too, so maybe that's a little bit different. We yeah, in New Jersey. For all that don't know, we're from Jersey. That's, we got the Jersey love going on over here. We'll be really obnoxious about it the entire time, probably. <laughs> I should not be allowed to drive. It's a thing. What? No, I'm such a bad driver. I don't know if you were you more of a commuter or were you a driver in Jersey. Uh, I did both. Okay, I, I was. Drove. I was, uh, yeah, I drove a lot. I'm a really bad driver. And, like, people in, well, in New Jersey, you don't pump your own gas, obviously. Yeah. Th th moving to California was a whole thing for me, learning <laughs> how, like, I was so stressed about it. And I did, in fact, spray myself in the face with gasoline one time. What? Yeah, it happened. Girl. I've never heard of anyone else doing it either. So, <laughs> it's not my finest moment. But, you know, it happened and we learned. And now I drive an electric vehicle. So, <laughs> No more, no more gas in the face, you know? We got to protect, protect the, the goods up there. So you, I just want to give like a base level of like your journey and your experience because for those who be maybe tuning in for the first time coming across you, okay. just get to know you a little bit more. So you're an artist, you had original music, plus did YouTube covers. Talk mm -hmm. to us a little about your journey as a musician, how it began, and what inspired you to pursue this type of career? So I always wanted to do music. I've been, it, it was never, there was never a beginning. It was kind of just an omnipresent force in my life since I was, you know, my earliest memories. Um, and when I was around, I think I was nine, my mom got me my first guitar. I started writing little songs, um, you know, just thought it was really cool. And then when I was around, I think I was like 11 or 12, I went to see my essentially cousin 
play who's a few years older than me he had a like a local band in new jersey he was playing like a repurposed firehouse there was like 20 people there he was on stage barefoot and i thought he was the coolest person that i've ever seen in my entire life and i was like this is the pinnacle of life and this is all i want to do is be in a band now and then i met my bandmates through some mutual friends and myspace um which just aged me a little bit but um but and myspace they had a myspace page and they had songs that they had recorded and uploaded and i was like this is the pinnacle of success. Like they've recorded their own music. Um, and they were from an hour and a half away. And I marched into my mom's room at like midnight one night and was like, mother, I would like you to drive me two hours north of our house and let me meet some boys that I met on the internet so I can be in their rock band. And that conversation went about as well as you think it would, but eventually their, my mom and their moms all talked and got along and we're friends and uh, we met and the rest is kind of history. But we were 15 at the time, so we couldn't really tour. We were all in school. Um, so we started doing these YouTube covers while we were also releasing our own music. And it was just a way for us to you know, connect with people around the world. And it ended up going super viral. Uh, this was kind of in the early days of YouTube, that first generation of, of YouTubers and YouTube artists and YouTube vloggers. Um, and I remember just being on the front page of YouTube a lot when that was a thing and kind of walking into high school and people being like, hey, I saw you on the front page of YouTube last night and me wanting to disappear in high school being like, yeah, <laughs> that was someone else. Like, you know, we just look alike as my cousin or something. Uh, but, uh, and so that kind of started us off on having a global audience without ever leaving our parents' basements for a while. And then, yeah, then we started touring and now here we are. I think it's great that you started at such a young age. Uh, mm. Same thing happened to me. I started a, um, I started my media career at probably like 16, 17. I had a blog and it got to the point where like top basketball players would like give me like where they're going to college and information. Yeah. And then got to the point where like people from ESPN, so cool. CBS, Fox Sports were reading my blog. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people know about that story. Yeah, I started at a very young age. And then it was from there that I met my mentors and then started like working for like Red Bull and Converse and all that. So I started very, very young as well. Dang, that's so fun. I know, I that's know. That's sick. It's, it's crazy though, because I feel like back then, like starting young now, at least you have a blueprint. Yeah. Like back then, it was a wild, wild west. You didn't oh, yeah. even know like what would work or anything. So like when you're making these YouTube covers and these videos and, and getting your music out, like what was that process like? What was the creative process behind it? Was it just kind of like, I'm just gonna make what I love and just put it out there and just let's see where it goes? Yeah, but and I think that was what was kind of beautiful about it though is that because there wasn't a blueprint, people were just doing what they loved to do and what made them happy and what was fun. And yeah, we started figuring out, okay, this really works and this doesn't. But I do think it's some of the industries, be it music or esports or I'm sure sports media, et cetera, have become a little vapid because there is such a strong blueprint now. So people are like, hey, I'm just gonna plug and play this blueprint. Mm -hmm. um, whereas back then it was kind of self-discovery and, and just, I love music and I want to make music somehow, you know, and that was that was really it. Um, there was kind of this first wave of artists that were doing covers on YouTube. So we kind of all emulated each other and learned from each other and co cross collaborated a lot. Uh, but besides that, yeah, there there wasn't 10 years of kind of blueprints to follow and be like, oh, I'm going to do it just like this person and kind of walk in their footsteps. Mm. So because we see we look back now and we see 
like bands or artists doing what we did and following that path and which is really cool um but it was nice to kind of just find that path if that makes sense and it you know we didn't do anything that we didn't want to do because we felt like we had to do it we were like oh this is the way you do it like no it just i don't want to do that just don't do it like i want to do that okay do it you know yeah that was it it was very much we loved what we were doing yeah and and that's something that i feel like you still do no matter what like you're you're very much like an artist and creator who we we just talked about it you're like i don't care who has what numbers or what i just like doing things i like to do which i think is something that I really appreciate and admired from you uh, in terms of that. And I'm also very curious because like I'm not, okay, I love music, but I'm not, obviously I don't write music. Yeah. I, I like, I worked in the music industry. I love music. I listen to your music too. It's very strange because like, I'm like, wow, this, I have to remind myself, this is Chrissy. Like, this, <laughs> like it's a, like, even like the voice and the tone so different. Very different, yeah. <laughs> but when you're in the process, your creative process of creating a song, like how do you take it from an idea to pen and paper? Like what is that process for you? I think it's the same feeling that you'd follow with any kind of creative project is that, at least for me, there's kind of this like nebulous feeling that I wanna capture. And then it's just finding what fits to that for me i really love the whole picture i'm not i don't really consider myself like i wouldn't label myself a songwriter mm-hmm. i've written all of our songs a lot of them have been collaborations etc but that's not what i'm like oh i am a songwriter that's what i'm excellent at that's what i love i do like like love making music but i like building the whole world and that to me involves the music video the visuals the tone the wardrobe for it and the song as like the soundtrack to it. So I like the whole thing. Um, That's what is to me really fun. I grew up reading a ton and I loved just the feeling of worlds. I grew up a huge fantasy nerd and I'm still a huge fantasy nerd. And I just would love the feeling of these epic worlds. Like what do they feel like? What do they sound like? What do they smell like? What do they taste like? You know, what's the food? And I kind of want that same experience for music is just building out a world. Um, and we're really lucky we've, we've brought on a creative team essentially that's part of our management team now that we worked with on our last EP and that has that same ideology. And so for me, it's the most fun I've ever had because I hate just song, push, sorry about that, sir. Um, you know, like make the song, push it out do the marketing campaign, go on to the next one. To me, I want it to feel like a universe. I want it to feel like it has a body to it and you can enter this world and you can leave this world. That's deep. Yeah, That's deep. it's fun. <laughs> it's yeah, like a little I mean, like, uh, it's like, a, you know, like when kids make pretend on, but on roids, so. <laughs> no, I think that's really cool. I, it's, the, that feeling, I, I, it's very interesting because I think that like, that feeling does apply to just, any creative process because mm-hmm. so for me whenever there's something that I want to make like it's always a feeling of like this feels right this is yeah. something I want to do this mm-hmm. is something I feel like is important and then from there it's just adding the building blocks for me it's adding the building blocks in terms of like setting up production and getting things together yeah. and yours is like the lyrics the aesthetics the yeah. vibe and, and everything like that yeah. speaking of vibes do you sh- okay how often do you stretch your back? Because you do that back bend thing, and girl, <laughs> when I saw you do the first time, I'm like, ooh, that made, that made my back hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I started doing that as a mistake. And Wait, what? It's a mistake <laughs> that I've now 
very much committed to um i i don't know i just like it, it was one of our earliest shows ever and i kind of like leaned back a little bit and like flipped my head forward and my hair like did like a you know an arc thing you know like the like the really cheesy tumblr photos that girls used to do in the pool oh, where they the would like water. <laughs> yeah so it was basically that on stage and like my manager at the time was like yo that was sick it looked like you had like a mohawk and i think he called it like the girl hawk or something and you should do that more so me being hyper competitive with myself not with others but with myself which is a really weird trait but i was like okay i'm gonna try and make this more dramatic the next time so i like leaned back further and then like it just kept going and <laughs> it didn't stop and now my back hurts so you know here we are <laughs> here we are with the foam roller yeah getting that out. so and then i saw like there is like this video of this i, I think it was like a, a female guitarist from like mm -hmm. the 90s or something and she used to do something similar where she would like with the guitar bend all the way back Ooh. and I was like that's really cool so then I started being like okay like you know she could go really far back I was like I wonder how far back I can go um and now I see a lot of artists doing doing that kind of thing and it's and it I don't know I think it makes the coolest pictures on stage so um but it hurts my back now kind of so I don't stretch enough as I should it's always like the first night of a tour when we, we've been off for several months that I'm just like I should have warmed this up and then we get to the song and I forgot about it. I like didn't think about it and I'm like, oh, well, here we go. And so, yeah, one day it'll bite me in the butt, but it has not yet. So I mean, listen, you're still, you're still good. You're still looking in shape. Yeah. I see your workout photos you pose. I, I just started working out again. So Wait, you stopped? Yeah. Oh, man. I stopped and now I started again. So she's back. She's back. She I feel you. I've been on a workout regimen. I try to go at least four to five times a week. Yeah, I've been. It's it's it can be challenging because sometimes I'm like, just so go. busy too. Like, yeah. and I feel like it's the thing that gets pushed back the most. I feel like especially when you're like someone like you, where you kind of run your own world and like you don't have necessarily a boss, and so you're the boss and you're like, I'm gonna do all of these different things, and you have so many things you could be doing at any given time. It's so hard to be like, I'm going to prioritize the workout over yeah. like something else I could be doing. Uh, and that's always the biggest problem I have. I'm like, oh, I should be doing like this other thing. I should be like following up on my email or I should be like, you know, writing or I should be doing this. Like, oh, I'll just, I'll work out tomorrow. So that's the hardest thing for me is just being consistent with it and realizing that it is a priority, you know? Yeah. So. I started scheduling. I start. I have to schedule my calendar now. Like even yeah, nap times. I do that I too. Schedule nap I, times. I can't yes. nap. I'm not a napper. I, I have extreme love life FOMO. Naps. I have <sighs> life FOMO. I'm like I could be doing anything else. <sighs> even if it's relaxing. Even if it's like reading a book or playing a game or like something that's like for me. Yeah. When I'm sleeping, I'm like I'm not doing anything, and I'm missing out on something I could be doing. I've always been like since I was a little kid. I have I. Have, extreme FOMO. Chrissy, I'm telling you, when you, when you hit 30, it changes, girl. It changes yeah. because before then, I did not take naps. I was yeah. on like, listen, but, I'm up and at but it. But were you like allergic to naps? Like I could be falling asleep standing up and I'm like, I will not nap. I uh, in my Even in my late 20s, I did not nap. But girl, you, I was living in New York. Them? We yeah. never slept. Yeah. I was always going. Yeah. And I would, I would run in like three, four hours of sleep. Yeah. And, and, but then like, <clears throat> I feel like when I hit 30, I don't know, it's like this clock, this body clock, where it's like, oop, time's up. Enjoy the rest of your life. It's gonna be a little bit down from here. And it's just like, 
my body started aching my knees started popping oh yeah waking up it takes a lot slower yeah. it gets late and i'm like even now like when like for example whenever we hang out with our friend group have you noticed we always do a little bit early oh yeah i can't stay for some reason i can't stay seven past we're we're like mid, we're getting to midnight I'm like, I feel like it's like 10 o'clock and everyone's like, all right, well, pack yeah. it up. It's Are past you? bedtime, guys. Like, well, you know? It depends. I've hung out like Dion and I have hung out past midnight. But yeah. like even then, I'm I like, mean, oh, I've done some. So it is really weird because when I'm home, I love to go to sleep. Not go to sleep early, but I love to just like wind down early. I don't like to be mm. out. I like to be like in my sweatpants at like 8 yeah. o'clock. Um, but on tour, my whole day is so shifted. Sometimes I don't go on stage till 9 o'clock. Yeah. And then... After you get off stage, you have to like shower, then I eat dinner, then I'm like, so my whole day is like much later. Um, so sometimes, a lot of time on tour, I'm not going to bed until like 2 a.m., something like that. And like sometimes I just can't shut my mind off because I just was on stage and I'm like, ah. So yeah, my whole day shifts. I'll go to bed at like 4 a.m. But yeah. when I'm home, like you put me on the couch and I'll just like. <sighs> <laughs> okay. That's why my couch is so comfortable. That's yeah. why I love naps. I'd be laying on there watching. Right now I'm watching this show called Zom 100. It's an anime show. Ooh. So basically it's about like this guy. He hates his job. It's like exploited exploitative and then like a zombie apocalypse happens and he's like having a blast because he's like I don't have to go to work anymore he's like <laughs> fuck that job and he's That's like so 100 good. things I need to do before I turn to a zombie and it's such a good vibe like he turned like a, such a negative thing into like a That's really positive cute. vibe That's really cute I it like is. that a lot That's kind of I mean like that was kind of people did do that a little bit during the pandemic was like mm -hmm. you know they were like alright well the world's ending so like I'm gonna start gardening now like, you know, I've never gotten, I'm going to learn to bake bread. I've never baked yeah. bread before. Let's bake some bread. Like, I was like, I look back on that and I'm like, I don't miss all the negative things that came with it, but I'm like, I do miss the baking bread. I miss being just like, yeah, I'm going to bake bread today. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to do this, you know, let's make some pasta. Yeah. Something, you just, know. It's so wholesome. It's a whole vibe, whole vibe. So you also utilize gaming mm -hmm. as, as part of your career. How did that happen? How did you even like... Dude, I ask myself that every day. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, because I know it was, you did the anthem for League, mm -hmm. for the championship, or champions, excuse me. Yeah. Did I go, wait, what, did it go gold? It go in gold, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. on her way to platinum, for sure. Moving, moving yeah. on up. Um, yeah, so I've been, that definitely formalized me having a career in gaming mm. um but before that i mean i've gamed since i was little i my mom put me in front of a computer when i was three years old and was like this is in the 90s and she was like this is going to be really important like computer skills i don't think she meant video games but i <laughs> she but she put me in front of like some educational video games like some math ones and like freddy fish and putt putt and those kind of things and i have gamed ever since so i was just a huge gamer i started playing league at 16. um i loved league of legends so i've just been a huge gamer the whole time and then i did some little bit of streaming on twitch prior to uh doing legends never die and just a little bit though and people were like you know oh you should stream because you know i posted about loving league and they're like oh why don't you stream on twitch i didn't really know what twitch was i was like fully on youtube so um i didn't know anything about like live content as much we only did like a couple live streams ever so i did it like every now and again but not in any formal way i didn't 
try and make any money from it i was just like oh this is fun like you know um and then the anthem happened legends never die and then two years later i got asked back to do phoenix and then it just since then it had kind of like snowballed into you know all these other things like then kind of came out of that and um because some of the guys wildfire yeah well then we did wildfire (laughs) yeah and so the guys some of the guys at ven had come from riot so that's Mm -hmm. how i knew them and so it was just yeah that that really just formalized it and it snowballed into so many and now i've done hosting and that was random as well kind of it was it was just someone stefan at riot who kind of just said yeah Yeah. he kind of just to me was like hey do you want to host the red carpet for arcane and i was like i've never hosted anything before and he's like i think you'd be good at it and besides the vent show but for me my show wasn't there was no teleprompter it was just live streaming together like co-streaming um so i was like i've never done anything like this he's like you'll be fine never had read a prompter before or anything um that was my first experience there and that's kind of led into some of the stuff i've done with valorant now and so it's all been by accident um just happy accident so there has never been a plan. There's never been an intention. <laughs> I just kind of fell into all of it. So, I mean, the same thing kind of happened in, in music. Like, we just started making music for fun, but there was never like, a, oh, we should do this because it's yeah. going to lead to this. We were just like, this is fun. So, um, yeah, I, I feel a little like Michael Sarah in that way. Like, you ever know, like, the joke about Michael Sarah? Like, everyone's like, I think he just accidentally happened into acting and never <laughs> and never and never let anyone know, like because that's how he acts and i was like that's kind of how i feel about both music and gaming it's like i I never i never planned for it to come here yeah i would have aspired to it yeah like this is the dream for me but um didn't have a plan just showed up and that's fine honestly i feel like a lot of people have that because that's the same thing with me i never planned to be in front of the camera yeah I, i was i i started my career behind the camera yeah and then I started covering gaming from like an editorial perspective. And then um, one of my friends now uh, introduced me, Amanda Stevens introduced me to my friend Brandon Mm. uh, at Cheddar. He was like, hey, we're looking for co-hosts. Do you want to, you know, try out? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's cool. And then I got it. And then from there, it was just like a trickling effect. Yeah. I I feel like sometimes it is like, I I feel like in the creator economy, people think that everything needs to be planned and you have to follow blueprint. But sometimes it's just, Right timing, passion, part of it's luck. Yeah. And sometimes you just fall into things. Yeah, I think a lot of it is luck and timing too. I mean, obviously, like, it's great to have, like, what it is that that thing needs, whether it's a skill set, whether it's a personality, you know, whether it's a voice, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, that's why I always feel like a big phony when people are like, what's some of your advice for budding musicians? I'm like, hell if I know like don't ask me like I have no idea what I'm doing to this day but um just keep keep making music that's all I can say it's like eventually you know time and place but I'm sure there are a lot of people with much better answers than that that's kind of what you know back to what we started with is like that blueprint there is a blueprint now there is a format and you can exploit that and I don't even mean that in a negative way Mm -hmm. but you can use that blueprint and potentially get a lot of success success from it and like that's cool too. I didn't do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't know how to tell people how to do that. So that's the advice people want. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. No, that's fine. I think that an advice they can take away from your experience is just like, just be you and do what you love. You know, sometimes yeah. that's all it takes. You know, like, yeah, there's a blueprint, there's strategy and things like that. But I would say that to get yourself into the door, 
it takes just that passion and that interest. And then to continue to push yourself through that door, yeah. that's when strategy, building a team and having the right people around you, it, it comes into play. Yeah, get other people who know better than you do. I also think one of, actually, I, I do think that the one of the biggest takeaways that looking back on my career that I could give would be don't be afraid to try things that maybe don't seem on the path for you if that makes sense i think people are really resistant to doing things that they feel like is a distraction from whatever their goal is i loved gaming and putting time into gaming led me to getting a gold record so the reason we got connected with riot is because i was publicly playing games mm-hmm. and i remember during the pandemic a lot of musicians some of which who like we're not into gaming at all and even kind of gave us shit for doing so much stuff in gaming and called us like a fake band during the pandemic we're like hey chrissy like you want to stream on twitch together sometime and i'm like no absolutely not like go away go back to your your you know holier than thou music pedestal because gaming is not cool enough for you um so i don't be afraid to try new things even if it seems so different than what you've been doing it's really okay to do other things and sometimes it's really interesting how it can lead back to the overall goal that you might have had and the important part of, of that is that you want to have people on your team who also align and understand that yeah and you and i had conversations where we've talked about having people on our team that didn't we didn't did not fully align with where we want to go what we mm. want to do fully agree with totally. everything so how do you navigate that situation when you have maybe a management that you don't see eye to eye with and then making the decision to get rid of get rid of them and and i don't say that in a bad way like yeah. getting rid is not like oh they're a horrible person but like business hey, is business we're from new jersey it's just business it's just business it's just <laughs> it's just business um no i think yeah it, and sometimes it's not that one person's right or wrong sometimes it's that there's just not a fit there's not a culture fit sometimes it's that someone is really wrong and someone's really right and you know it could be anywhere in between um i think it's tough i think it's also tough when you're starting your career and you might feel like you don't know better and it's easy to kind of that that's something that i think was the case with with us with everyone that we worked with um not just manager but agent label etc we were kind of like everyone else knows better than we do we're going to defer to them and you lose sight of the point where you actually do know better or you at least know yourself better and you know what you want better and i think as much as i say i would ha- never had a plan and don't know what i'm doing i do know what i want and i do know who i am so i think checking in with yourself is really important and saying what is it that i want even if it's just a feeling even if it's just a culture like i just want positivity or i just want you know, a willingness to do anything, or I want someone that is really hardball because my goal is just to make a ton of money. You know, that's, some people, that's their goal. It wasn't for me, but like, that's, if that's what you want, you need someone that's going to go out and chase those deals for you. Um, so it's just, what do you want your life to feel like, your, your, your job to feel like, your career to feel like? Being transparent with your manager is really important. They can't read your mind. Um, I think a lot of times, it's really easy to say like, ah, they're not doing a good job, but they don't know that they're not doing a good job or they're not, you know, up to your standards. And also just not being afraid to walk away too. Yeah. And 
don't feel bullied into signing things either. I think that was the biggest thing is I always felt afraid early on to kind of speak up about predatory contracts and be like, hey, this is uncomfortable because I felt that if I said no, that they would just walk away. And that's okay if they do, probably for the best. There are tons of contracts I wish I never signed because it had long-term repercussions. Uh, My label was a big one there. You know, it had really long-term repercussions and I was really locked into that. And I finally got off of that after spending like 10 years of my life on this label. And they could have kept us on longer, theoretically. We got lucky that we were able to to be, you know, kind of end that relationship. Um, so if something makes you uncomfortable, don't be afraid to speak up because there are there are good people out there. There are equitable relationships out there. Um, yes, there's give and take. Everyone needs some security, but there is a reasonable amount of security and then there's a predatory amount of hey i'm gonna lock you into this thing and have this crazy 10-year sunset that like you know you're gonna be paying me on all your future things and you're just like wait what like so yeah i think just stick to your guns ask around ask what your friends have i think that's the other thing too in in this industry no one wants to talk about money no one wants to talk about contracts no one wants to like show their hand which is a really weird thing because why if we were all more transparent it makes it a lot better um then you know i only learned certain things from asking friends being like hey like in your management do they do this or is this part of your deal Mm -hmm. and learning what was normal and what wasn't normal or what was normalized that shouldn't have been because that's also you know different um and that helped me a lot make better decisions going forward and then our manager now When I sat down to him, I was so clear with what I wanted. I was so clear with what I didn't want. And I was so clear with what I wouldn't tolerate. Yeah. And don't sign anything that locks me into something. I was like, I need freedom to leave. You have freedom to leave. Like, this is a balanced, you know, fair thing. Um, So, yeah, I think it, it takes a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And that's hard when you're starting out. But I think just knowing what you want and what you're okay with is really important. I mean, also, like, and, and I don't say this in a bad way, but they work for you. So, like, you have to I did not very, know that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they work for you. It's not the other way around. And I think sometimes creators treat it as if it's the other way around when it's like, yeah. no. like, And when I say that, it's not like you have to be, like, an asshole or something like that. But it's understanding that, like, they, it's their job to help you succeed and to get totally. what you need. Like, I remember when I spoke to when – I, when I, before I signed with CAA mm-hmm. – I, I told them what I would tolerate, what I would not tolerate. I said, I'm a very persistent person. Yeah. I have a certain speed. If you can keep up with it, great. If you can't, you're not the right person for me. I'm yeah. very honest. I will ask for things and I'll ask for things. Even if even if you don't believe I can get it, well, guess what? I believe I can because I've yeah. gotten a lot of stuff that people think I couldn't get and I've yeah. gotten it. And so like I was very like firm. But then again, I feel like my agents are based out of New York City. Yeah. So like they get the energy that I have and stuff like yeah. that. And then the one thing too, I made sure my CAA contract was only two pages. Mm. I was like, I don't want all this fluff and crap. Simple, yeah. I want it simple, two pages. I agree nothing nothing crazy yeah and then we even had an agreement where i was like if you guys don't do well you have to put in my contract that i can change the percentage if you're not if you're not doing a good job yeah so it's like just being okay with like asking for these things but i think a lot of young creators going back like when you start you're just happy to be here yeah it's like it's good it can be hard but like you can't you got to get to the point where you got to understand it's a business too like you can be happy but you got to treat it like a business too to protect yourself and i think i think the biggest thing that i realized too and you don't have to 
you don't have to flip the switch either where you're mm-hmm. like i'm gonna take 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 from you now because i've yeah. been preyed upon i didn't want to do that either i think what's important is to realize that high tides rise all ships and if everyone's working hard and if your career is succeeding everyone should be benefiting so it shouldn't be like i've had managers before want percentages of things that didn't make sense or want a higher percentage on a deal that they worked versus a deal that I had a pre-existing relationship with. And I'm like, at the end of the day, like X percent of zero is zero dollars. X percent of, you know, some amount is that amount of dollars. And if you get me more money, then we all get more money type thing. So it's it's one of those things where if it's an equitable relationship, it's when everyone's working hard and, every, and everyone's succeeding and things are happening, everyone benefits. It shouldn't be contentious. You know, you're on the same team. I think a lot of times, people on both sides forget that it's like we're all on the same team we're working towards the same goal here so when it goes well we all you know benefit from that um so i just think learning how to set healthy boundaries and contracts to be like you know when this when something happens we all benefit but if nothing happens none of us benefit you know and and understanding that because i've seen contracts too where it's like hey you have to pay me this regardless of if i get anything for you and you're like well, that doesn't make sense and why are you here like yeah. you know so uh yeah i think creators in any industry whether you're a musician etc um people assume you don't know anything so the more you know, the more you can protect yourself. So it is, it is important. It's the least fun part of the industry, of any creative industry for sure. But the more you can research, the better in the better you'll be in a position to you know speak for yourself and advocate yourself. Because you do put people in your corner. You do put a manager in your corner or a lawyer in your corner. But who's in your corner when you're negotiating with them, right? Yeah. Like At some point, it's just you. So you have to make sure that you can advocate for yourself, at least to some degree. Yeah. And then even the latter end, right? Because I know we're taking the perspective of like having the right manager stuff. I think the other thing is creators have to learn when is it the right time to get management agent. I think there's a lot of Mm. creators that want managers and agents. They don't need it. What they need is better time management. Yeah. And, 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 and other better skills before they get to that point. Because what a lot of, sometimes what I feel like some may not understand is like when you get a manager and agent, that's when you have to do more work. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not like when you get to coast, like yeah. you don't get to chill, you know, I, it, it's because now it's like, OK, I got to keep doing the work and bringing the work so I can have this person continue yeah. to bring me the work because if it falls down, like sometimes they may go on to another client or stuff like that. Not every single person does, but it does happen. Um, and, and but speaking of relationships, too, we're not going to get we're not going to get into the whole situation, uh, but I know you had a situation with mods and fans Mm. so when it comes to that relationship and connection you have with your fans like i know you're someone who speaks up when you're like when you whenever you feel like something or someone oversteps your boundary you you speak up Mm -hmm. but sometimes i i think that maybe some people may be afraid to do that because they don't want to lose their fans or they don't want to come across a certain way so for you how do you manage that kind of connection dynamic with your fans I think it's a learning process and I also think it's it's definitely different for everyone. I don't think there's a one size fits all solution. I think it's cliche, but it's really important to remember that you will never make everyone happy. You will always upset someone, no matter what you do. It doesn't matter. You could do everything right so you think someone will be upset about it for one reason or another. 
So if, if you can let go of that, the fact that you will never make anyone happy, you realize that at least you can make yourself feel not even just happy, but at peace with your decisions, uh, set the right boundaries, et cetera. Um, and I think I've spent a lot of my career wanting to be a people pleaser, wanting to make everyone happy, whether it's management, but also fans, my parents, you know, everyone around me, my bandmates, just being like, hey, I wanna do right by everyone all of the time. And that's just not possible and to do right by yourself all of the time. Um, and I think it's a balance. It's a balance between recognizing that your fans give you the platform and giving give you your career. And they're the ones for me that are coming to the shows and streaming my music. So I'm not going to, I've seen artists go the other way and be like, you know, fuck the fans. I'm not, I'm just gonna do whatever I want, whenever I want. And it's like, that's cool, but you can't expect them to show up. That's, you know, you then they get mad. Like, oh, no one likes our new music. Like, yeah, maybe they don't. They're a fan of your music. If they don't like your new music, you can't force them to. So I hate that mentality. Um, but you have to understand like, hey, if I wanna do this, I'm gonna sacrifice this. That's the trade-off. There's always some kind of trade-off. Uh, so for me, it was it's always been difficult to find that balance where making myself happy, making the fans happy, making my bandmates happy, everyone happy. Um, so I think you just do your best, but you do have to set some boundaries. You have to figure out what those lines in the sand are, or not even in the sand, I guess, in concrete are that you're like, I will not cross these. These are too far. There's always going to be some kind of give and take, but knowing where those concrete lines are is really important. And I didn't know where those lines were for a really long time. I would just give, 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 give until there was nothing left to give. And I'd still be making people unhappy. And that was, and then that would drive me crazy. I would be like distraught being like, oh, someone's upset. I've caused one person, even if it's one singular person, I haven't done right by one person. And I have people in my life be like, hey, like it's one person. You have thousands of fans, hundreds of thousands of fans, you know, like you can't get hung up on one person, but I would, and it would eat away at me. And I wouldn't be, and to the point where I was like, I don't even want a career in, in the spotlight anymore. I don't want to be in front of people. And I've had that happen a lot over the years um, and even a lot recently as well with, I think live streaming makes you very accessible and social media makes you very accessible. And people, you know, they do get these parasocial relationships where they feel that they can criticize every piece of you and that they have an ownership over you. And when you deviate from their picture of you, they have every right to criticize to an extreme degree and be mad and be angry and be personally hurt by it. Um, and that's really, really hard to balance. So I do think, yeah, it's it's just learning about taking a step back, remembering that you're, you are a person mm -hmm. and you don't really owe anything to anyone but yourself, but they also don't owe anything to you either. So, but it's really hard. It's like, I'm, I struggle with it a lot. It's something that I don't have, I don't have the playbook on. Yeah. Oh no, same here. I mean, that's why I go to therapy to be able to, <laughs> to, be able to manage it all because it's hard. Like, like for as much as people say like, oh, like these, these things don't bother me. Like at a certain point it, it, it does, it, it does get to you. It, it totally it, bothers it, me. And it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. <laughs> I'll be the first to say it. It bothers me a lot. Like yeah. I won't, I won't pretend like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like no. Oh, but it's also like finding that balance, like you said, right? Like for me, one of those balance to keep the healthy balance is like I have people who help me with my social media now. So like mm. I don't have to see certain things because yeah. I like, for example, I felt like Twitter was impacting me personally. And like, I now, can't go on Twitter. Like, yeah. Now I have people who run my Twitter. So, yeah. I mean, I, I jump on, I jump on like yeah. now and then, but like to avoid me seeing certain stuff, like just so I can yeah. focus on like keeping my mental health good. I, I have, I have that, that 
protection now. Um, I debate deleting my Twitter almost every day. Like, almost every day. Because every time, like, I go on the news feed, too, like, on my For You page, it's just, like, negative, negative, <gasps> negative, negative. Like, even about things that are positive, it's negative. Yes. It's, like, I, I don't know. I went down a deep rabbit hole recently on, um, like, interior decorating, for example, and trying to figure out, you know, how I want to, you know, decorate my office, things like that. And I just see people can't just say, oh, I love this thing. It's so great. They have to say, I love this. I hate sad beige aesthetic. Like, it's so dumb. It's so terrible. It's so boring. You look like everyone else. You're vanilla. Why can't you just like what you like? Yeah. And that's with everything on Twitter. So I'm like, I'm just like, ah, I, don't, like <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Or if you don't like yeah. it, just keep swiping. Just keep yeah, going. Like, just you don't, don't have to comment. Like, you don't need an opinion for everything. Yeah. And it's just, you don't have to prove that what you like is better than yes. something else. You can just like it. It's okay. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Or just like, like it. Or just be like, it's not for me. Yeah. I'm going to go have lunch. Yeah. Keep it simple. Love a lunch. <laughs> I know. I love I love food. But yeah. for uh, – so it's quite interesting that you don't like Twitter. Can't stand it. Uh, but what's fascinating about it is that you actually are open about certain personal aspects of your life. Mm. Actually, you're honestly more open than I am. I try to keep a closed book. I'm just like – Yeah. So you obviously are open with your relationship. Mm -hmm. And then not too long ago – you're open with your sexuality. Mm -hmm. That was really funny when it happened because, like, your fans were like, we're not even surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in my I'm in my everything is fake era where I'm Wait, like, what? I'm like, this is all, like, we're just, like, nothing is real. Like, everything is just, like, you're just told what everything is. Like, I don't know. There's all these, like, well, growing up, like, in Against the Current, our whole thing is we don't want to be put in a box. People would be like, mm. what genre are you? Like, oh, you're pop punk. You have to do this. You have to play this festivals. You have to do, like, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, we're not pop punk. We're not pop rock. We're not pop. We're not rock. Like, I don't know. We just are. Like, depends on the mm. song. So I just hate the concept of boxes and, like, being put in a box and... Also feeling like you owe anyone the answer, like to like what 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 are you? What is your career? What is like what what do you do? Like when people ask you like, what do you do? Like what's the you can't there's not one answer. No. You're not like hey I'm Aaron and I I'm this. Yeah. Like I like work at this or I do this one thing. It's like that is the worst thing ever. It is so limiting and I so I just I, yeah I hate. So I'm in my anti box label. <laughs> It's also I'm an like, LA thing yeah. too. I'm mean, just like I'm just like I don't I don't know and I don't care like that and you shouldn't care either you know that's like yeah. I think my thing with with everything is like we're all so so nosy about everyone else's business you know and that's so that's been kind of my thing and I'm just like I don't know I don't know and I don't know so like th a, that's yeah. my answer to everything it's like I don't know and I, I don't, don't care I, I I've been saying that I'm more. just vibing like, I'm just alive same. like people be like oh did you see this drama on Twitter I'm like I don't I don't care I don't know I, 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 don't, I, don't, know. I don't care I don't care who's yeah. mad at who and who said what on stream I just don't yeah. care but we just get that like yeah like and against current we've gotten that so much it's like what kind of what, what genre is it and I'm like I don't know like what's the new music like what, what, what genre is the new music what is it gonna sound like it's more this more that I don't know like I, <laughs> I don't know like that's truly my I'm just tattooed across my forehead I don't know but you know, I think part of it too is like everything is so categorized. Like yeah. everything is like, even going back to like content creation and just being a creator. Like people are always like, "Oh, what's your niche?" It's like I don't know. Me. Yeah, I just say me. 
well, well, but I'm like, well, what category? Whatever I want to do. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's yeah, I'm like, vibing. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's vibing. And like, you can always find your specific success in that. Like, you don't have to take yeah. one specific lane. I also like, I, I don't know. I've always hated being in a box because I'm like, I don't like doing just one thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like I get bored easily. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to just do one thing. I always aspire like, yeah. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, that's also kind of why like I stopped doing esports stuff because mm-hmm. I actually didn't like people just calling me an esports host. I'm like, yeah. I'm a host. I can host anything. Host period. Host period. But like, oh, you're an esports host. I'm like, nope. Sometimes, not but not all the yeah. time. Yeah. Sometimes I can be an esports host. Sometimes I can be a sports host. Sometimes I well, I would love to be a food host. Oh my god, that's like a dream of mine. That is my dream show. That is one box you can put me in. I will go in that box. Like I, I, that's like like that's one of my goals. I'm working towards like I want to host a food show because I love food. I love food more than video games. I'm sorry. Like I think it's food is everything. It's very reasonable. It's very reasonable. I think it's very reasonable. And it's so good. It's ah, you cannot eat a video game. No, and a video honestly, game cannot keep you alive. I don't get triggered by food. I get triggered by certain video games, but I don't mm. get triggered by food. I may be like, mm, this is not for me. I don't really like this, but I'll still eat it unless it's really, really bad. I would love to push that boundary. What do you mean? And I would love to try and trigger you with the food. Well, wait, it's like, like, figure, like food, I would love to like start <laughs> presenting you with some wacky ass things from like around the world and be like, how far can we push it? I don't think. I don't think you'll trigger me. I've tried. I've tried. What's the weirdest thing you've eaten, or like the most like terrifying thing? Um, I mean, I've eaten. I don't know. I've eaten a lot of different things. Like I've eaten everything from like shark to turtles to. I don't know. I will I've, take this challenge. I've eaten every. Okay, I'll, I'll take you up on, on that cha- challenge. I'll take you up on that challenge. I, I will take up this I mantle because I've never been a picky eater. I've yeah. always been someone, like, my rule is, like, you know how some people would be, like, oh, I don't like that, but it's, like, have you tried it? Yeah. And they're, like, no. And it's, like, so how do you know that you don't like it? Or yeah. have you tried the right kind? Because sometimes it's mm. about getting the yeah, right yeah. kind. Like, for example, quiche. Like, quiche. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm serious about it. Like, quiche, like, it's very specific. It's either good or is quiche, bad. Is quiche controversial? No, but quiche, no, quiche is, is always good. No, it's not. No, it's not. You got to get the right quiche. I think my like, there's some are quiches low. that are bomb. Like you can, there's levels to quiche. There's also levels to certain other foods too. Like okay, I think I have like, low like, standards. Okay, so for you, right? Like for you, it's pasta. Because yeah. I remember you were like, wait, but that's not. No, that's not the right pasta. That's not that, the right okay, Italian okay, pasta. Okay, okay, okay. I'm back. Like I'm back. Thing. You got me back. You got me yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there are some pastas that I'm like, no. But okay, that is true. I mean, my thing is like I bully. I so. I, I was a picky eater. Not okay. like, not hyper picky. Okay. Just like a reasonable level of picky. But, and I also grew up in a, like an Italian-American household. We ate pretty much Italian food. Yeah. Like my understanding of Chinese food was chicken and broccoli. My understanding of Korean food was no idea. My understanding of Japanese food was sushi. Like when I started touring, I was like, my mind exploded. <laughs> the first time I went to China and went to like, a dinner at a at a like a traditional like with the big like round tables with the lazy susan and like had like dim sum for the first time i was like my jaw dropped i was so i was floored i i I was so mad because i grew up outside of new york city so i was like but i just never i never saw it out i was like (laughs) i was thinking seek i never suck it out no i never saw it out so 
like my mind exploded and now like i love so much food from around the world but there was a lot of things because i had never tasted that flavor before at all or like anything similar that at first the first time i would eat something i'd be like that's a little weird like i don't know about that i hate now being picky so i force myself to eat anything i don't like every time it's in front of me i or i have the option to eat it i will eat it until i like it yeah and there's like- i bully myself <laughs> like i literally gaslight myself i'm like you like this thing <laughs> and like the most recent one was like pickled ginger i was just just pickled did not ginger. hated it okay. but you get it like with sushi you get it on like um like oh like sometimes when you get like yakisoba or like a udon bowl they put it a little bit on top and i would always like like put it off to the side and i was like you know what no and so now every time it came up i would just shove it in my mouth and be like i'm going to eat this and now i love ginger (laughs) it's like i'm so like used to it now that like now i'm like oh my god like yeah give me some ginger so so i'm so sorry sorry i keep hitting you um but yeah, so I, I bully myself until I like food because I just, I don't like not liking things. It's like different, also like different forms I like and certain forms I don't. So another mm. one is red beans. I like, mm. it depends on what form. And then I also know that like, for example, like the Wait, way like red I, beans in like Spanish food or red beans no, 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 in like, no, no, in like no. Asian? Like Asian. Like, like, red like red bean bun, I, mochi, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. a... Oh, you can put uh, like, you can put red bean on anything and well, I will eat it. But it depends because like I tried like the the, I the Korean version of it and I didn't really like it. But then I tried the Chinese version of it and I loved it. Mm. It's like the way that they make it. Okay, I need to cross compare because because not also sure. like oh for example like I I didn't even know this like like even like bakeries mm-hmm. and desserts are different. Like Chinese, yeah. they don't like super sweet. Mm-hmm. And, for, those, really, and yeah. for those who are like oh Aaron, you're not Asian. Why are you talking? Guys, I date someone who's Chinese, okay? Yeah. I can talk about this. I have, yeah, gotta put that disclaimer because you know they'll yeah. be like, you want to it? And also, I got Ben over here. Hey, Ben. <laughs> they can't see him. But like, uh, I tried, so I tried a red bean and it was mooncake. It's like this. Love mooncake. Okay, I love mooncake. But they're saying like it's too rich. I actually really, I don't like it's that rich. I actually like it. I think it. they're just like. They're shockingly calorically dense. So if you're someone who ever yes, cares about calories, just don't ask. Just don't read the like if it's if it's one of the packaged ones, just don't read it. Don't you don't need to know. Yeah. You, you don't, don't need, need to know. know. Love it's okay. Then, just eat them. They're delicious. They are. And then um oh, I also found out like so my my partner went spent like a couple months in Korea. Did you know that? I didn't know they put sugar on like garlic bread. I didn't know that either, but I do know there's yeah. a lot of like dipping sauces and stuff. In like, general, that you put like sugar in, like anything baked, like baked goods. Yeah, there's like sugar. That doesn't surprise me because, like, even in like a lot of sauces mm-hmm. in in a lot of different Asian cuisines, you put like either brown sugar or table sugar to like sweeten it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I always see like healthy version. Put honey. I'm like, no, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> put the brown sugar. It's good. But like, um, yeah, it is. It's just so interesting. It I is. just, oh god, I love. Oh dang! I just realized the red bean's funny though. I just out of my relationship. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, it's out. It's plot, out. Plot twist: It was Ben the whole time. <laughs> Ben's my it takes two partner. Aww. We're gonna be playing video games. Yes, he finally. Ben's been, like, dancing. Talking you about can't playing. see it. I'm like Ben, I'm here. I'll play yeah. video games. I love it takes two. It's Me such too. a good game. It's so cute, but it's so. It weird. makes or breaks relationships though. Oh yeah. It's like if you if you guys get through it, it's you're the ones. But if you don't, it's a good way. Honestly, that's a good that's a good litmus test of any relationship. It's like just play. It takes two with them. But and if they don't want to play it, Ben, 
If they don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> but how do they make divorces look so, like, cute storytelling? I know. Like, divorces ain't that cute. They are not. Woo! You know what? Actually, I do have one of my. Yeah, it's about a divorce. <laughs> one of my, um, one of my best friends, her parents are divorced. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, best friends still. That's cute. Yeah. So, Sometimes it can happen. Like it can Sometimes, happen. But also people outgrow. You know? Yeah. Some people Especially just. Especially if they, like, marry young. So yeah. My mom told me, she was like, don't get married in your 20s. Because who mm. you are in your 20s is not going to be who you are later on. Dude, I'm not the same person I was this morning. <laughs> like, well, duh, you woke up and just put your hair in a bun. That is, like, like I've, I've thought about that a lot. Because, like, I'm just, like, I love, I, I love to overthink things. Like, love to chronically overthink things. And I'm always just, like. I don't know. I change so much on a day-to-day -day basis, yet I'm also yeah. shockingly consistent in other things. So I don't know. But yeah, I, I hear that. Like, you know, that making that is a big decision. But yeah, yeah, I do think there is like an if you know, you know type thing. As cheesy as that is. Yeah. On my first date with my partner, I knew. First date. And it never changed. We've been together a couple of years now and it never changed. But it was just like, this. it was very just like obvious yeah. to me. And I don't know that everyone has that experience when they find the right person. But like for me, it was just like, oh, like, it was just such, like, a little, like, ding moment. And I had been in long-term relationships before. My relationship, not my last one, but the one before that was, like, four years. And the yeah. whole time I was sitting there, like, I don't know. Like, this is not, like, a maybe. Who knows? <laughs> like, so, I don't know. But I think in my relationship, it it took, it's it, it, it takes work in the sense of, yeah. like, it, there's a cultural difference. Yeah. So there's, oh, there's like, still there's work. Like, there's, like, yeah. nuances to yeah. that, that cultural difference. And yeah. then even, like... Even communication difference. I feel, because, like, for as much as people always talk crap about, like, New Jersey, New York, I'm a very straight, like, communicator. Yeah. And my partner, you know, not only is from the West Coast, well, originally from Hawaii, but from the West Coast, not only that, but grew up in a Chinese household. Mm -hmm. Talk about feelings? No. Like, yep. that's, not a, that's not a thing. Yeah. And so navigating that, we're like, I grew up in a Hispanic household. So it's probably like Italian. Emotions are everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like Emotions are everything, but also, like, we don't go to therapy. Yeah. And, no. like, that I didn't learn until yeah. I was older. Like, Italian. It was like, what do you what do you mean you think you need therapy? Like, what do you, like <laughs> you're fine. Like, like okay. Like, <laughs> same. It was like, it was like well, what do you need to go talk to my therapy? Like, yeah. Talk, talk to me. To, talk yeah. To, Go do something with your life. Get a job. Talk like, to your uncle. <laughs> Why? Go eat some food. Yeah. I don't know. But it's, yeah, like navigating that has been has been very interesting. Mm, um, I can see that. To, to quite like figure out. But I I don't know. It's, it's also, I don't know for you how it, I mean, it, we can go on and on. But like, <laughs> I feel like it's also interesting to navigate relationships when you're a public figure. I think mm. like for you, at least with you and your partner, like you both are kind of public figures. Yeah. In some shape or form, like mine isn't, and like, right. I try to like protect my partner as much as possible from that because I don't want my partner oh, yeah, to deal with yeah. like a lot of the stuff that I deal with. Um, we are both somewhat public figures, but also have similar ethos to being a public figure, where mm -hmm. we like don't want to be like overly public all of the time about everything. Yeah, I had a relationship with someone who was not a public figure, but really wanted to be, and mm -hmm. I don't like I share my boyfriend, but not like over it's not like every day where i'm yeah. like bah, 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 bah. um you probably see more because you're all like my close friend story yeah. sorry suckers but um <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually honestly to break the news it's just the cats it's mostly it's, mostly it's mostly the cats. cats it is mostly the cats it is honestly like i would say nine times out of ten it's the cats 
Well, eight times out of ten, it's the cats. One time, it's ask- me asking for adult help because oh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I like the other day, I was like, I want to get some shelves installed. Like, who do I call for that? Like, what? Where do I go? Yeah. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I is just for you know for being self sufficient for a very long time. I did grow up in the music industry and like on the road, so I'm very savvy out in the world. But then when it comes to just like being at home and doing like yeah. home things, I'm like, wait how do these things get done? I call my mom all of the time. And I'm like, mom, how do you wash this? Like, how do you do this? Like, how do I get a stain out of this? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like a baby duck. And I'm like, the world is so big. But but yeah, I, I lost the plot. I don't know what we were talking about. But anyways, oh yeah, he was like, he's also somewhat a public figure, but also more private. But I had, I did date someone who really wanted to be a public figure and was like very insistent on me mm-hmm. posting them. And I was just like, I just wanted at that moment, I was like, I really want like my relationship to just be mine and not be public and not share everything with everyone all the time. Um, yeah, so I think it, it, sometimes it can it can be tough to balance when like one person's a public figure and one's not, or if there's a difference in desire of how public you are. Security You know too. what I mean? Like, yeah, how yeah. much you wanna be like out there in the world and how much you want to just keep to yourself. So yeah, I think that's uh, like always can be a, like a very tricky thing to navigate in any kind of relationship. The the one thing I've learned over time, it's it's less about being a public, like like who you're dating, being a public figure or not. It's more about are they grounded or are they secure? Oh, I know. I they feel like it down. Felt, it I feel down. like <laughs> <laughs> it goes down and down and down. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I think I've just beat this poor microphone up so much. It was just—it's getting tired of all the all the hits and smacks and I'm all so that sorry. stuff. I'm so sorry. But it's so, no. Also, I, you're gonna start hearing my stomach growling soon. I, it's like it's my toxic trait. I was actually on set for something yesterday. And I was trying to do a voiceover, and like it was one of the things where the microphone's like here. Yeah. It's like one of like the sticky ones that like oh. goes under your shirt. Yeah, yeah. And every time my stomach growled, like it was so, so loud. Was loud. And then they were like, "All right, we have to do it again." And I was like, "Oh, so sorry, <laughs> so embarrassing." Well, I won't hold you any longer because I also need to eat too. A girl when when girls need to eat, we gonna eat. Mm. Um, but my last question to you, and you can take some time thinking. Don't worry, that's okay. what editing's for. What's the one thing about you? that you would, are willing to share that no one really knows? Oh, that's so deep. I mean, it doesn't have to even be deep. You could say you have seven toes. I mean, whatever you want to go with, you know? I don't. That would be much more interesting than whatever I'm about to say, though. Like, you, I don't even know what I'm going to say, but that would be much more interesting. Yeah. I'm just curious, too, because, like, Let's as your see. friend, I'm curious. You love editing. I'm trying to think. All I can think of right now is that Selena Gomez clip where she was like, "My heart." You know what I mean? Have you seen that clip? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, that's all. I'm, like, that's the like because it's just like, what's one thing you want people to know you about? The, 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 it's like my heart. I don't know what she meant by it, but like, it just it's in my head right now. But I don't know. Maybe that I'm like. I told you I was gonna come out swinging. I know. I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it could be. Like, part of me wants to say this sounds weird, but I'm way more sensitive than I let on. So I like really, I try not to be publicly, but I really take things very 
personally and deeply to heart. I feel a lot of responsibility for everyone in my life and also all of my fans slash our fans for my band. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, things really deeply affect me that you don't think would, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, sometimes when I go in my little rabbit hole of not being on social media or streaming or anything for a really long time, people are like, where did you go? It's like, I just, sometimes I just feel too much and can't rectify those feelings. And I'm like, I need to go in my underground hole for a while. So something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. To feel a lot is a gift because there are some people who don't feel and don't have empathy. Yeah, the lack of empathy, not so much, but the lack of feeling, maybe just a little, you know, you do a little trade. I give you a little bit, you give me a little bit, whoever you are, you know, be nice. You put it in your music. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I have one more thing. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I really don't like being proposed to in photos. I've never said it because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm saying it now. I really hate it. It makes me really uncomfortable. (laughs) Please stop proposing to me because I feel weird about it because I feel obligated to say yes, but I don't want to get married to you. I'm sorry. Oh. That's it. That's the thing. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing. I don't know. I saw something this morning about I saw like people like propose like proposing to celebrity, like compilations of fans proposing to celebrities. It's like it's a little uncomfortable for like for me. I know for other people like we feel a little weird about it. It's a little it's a little too much. All right. So no proposing. Please don't propose to me anymore. All right. I feel bad for my relationship. I'm like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I've accepted like 800 engagements this year. (laughs) I'm really sorry like, about My it. minimum is 300, yeah. okay? Yeah. Can't go past that point. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the one. Well, it's been on my chest for a while. That feels good. It's been good. on your chest. Well, I'm glad you got it off your chest. I'm glad you feel like a lighter woman now after this. Uh, but, Chrissy, for those who don't know what your social media is, where can they find you? Where can they follow you, your bands? Stay up to date. Um, I think I'm Chrissy Costanza, like George Costanza on most things um and then against the current i have to say it really slow otherwise no one knows what i'm saying they're all like what so against the current um i think if you google it you'll find something (laughs) i don't know what you'll find but something will come up so i'm not going to give you 100 links whatever you know just or you you don't have to find me either that's okay too <laughs> well, definitely go and find her, Chrissy. Thank you so much for for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. You know what's been interesting? I like I, like I told you, like it's been great to have like these conversations. It's like with friends. I, I never really have you guys in like formal things like this. Yeah. It's always just been like us going to get food and we just yeah, chat. yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. nice. There's there's levels to it. It's nice. But Chrissy, thank you so much for for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you to all the viewers as well for tuning in. What did you like about what Chrissy said? Also, what food do you think Chrissy and I should try out? Do you I've think we'll so get triggered? Ideas. We shall see. Leave it in the comment section. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Also, please go hit it on the audio, Spotify, Apple, whatever you choose. It will help me out so, so, so much. And thank you guys. If you enjoyed today's episode and this guest, well, guess what? We have much more in store. My name is Aaron Ashley Simon, and we'll see you next time on Real Gems. Ooh.